This is the Patriot Radio News Hour, brought to you by the Patriot Trading Group. For all your gold and silver buying needs, call them at 1-800-951-0592 or log on to allamericangold.com. Broadcast for Tuesday, December the 29th, 2015. It's that time again, and good morning for the Patriot Radio News Hour. We welcome you to the show. It's brought to you every day, Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Arizona time. What do we do? Wealth insurance, the physical delivery of gold and silver. It's real simple. Give us a call at one 800 951 in the lovely Windy. We'll be there to take your calls, answer your questions, or you can go check us out online at allamericangold.com. Not only can you order online, but you can check out that news to disturb the comfortable. Well, we don't tell you what to think, but we certainly give you something to think about. This show is brought to you by the one and only, the guy behind everything on this show. He pays for it all. I mean, it comes out of his wallet. His name's Joe Jaquin. He's the CEO of the company, and he breaks it down for you, and he delivers it. What we like to call economics with attitude. And I don't know what the economy's doing today, but Joe, you look fantastic in your new Christmas sweater. My, my How Christmas are you sweater. doing, buddy? You look nice. I mean, that's an actually. A my mommy got sweater. it for me. Well, that's nice. And mom is on her way home this morning. Yeah, she's leaving today. You know, we were talking. You know, what's funny is your in-laws are in town. Yeah. And and we have the opposite issues. I can't get my mom to stay long enough, and you can't get your in-laws to leave. Unfortunately, they're not listening to this show right now, so yes. That's, <laughs> and not that I want them to leave. They're absolutely welcome to stay with me as long as they want. Wink, wink. Not that wink, wink. <laughs> but no, we love their company, and uh, there are... Uh, uh, I just tell you, uh, for a guy who has in-laws, uh, my relationship with my in-laws is pretty good. You know, it... Uh, uh, they're just great people, and they treat me well, and they're out of the cold from Idaho. And, you know, hey, you know what? The room there. I'm happy they're staying we, with we, we, My grandmother, my mother, the boy's grandmother, she's the last of the grandparents. She's the only one still standing. So, you know, she, she, she has that, uh, I guess, the number one grandparent spot. Yeah, because she's the only one. She's the only one. But what? By, by the way, we spoke over the last few days. Apparently, your boys just respect and treat her so oh, well. I love, and love her. I think you've done something right there. It's fantastic. You know, I know this that uh, all of Austin and Maddie's cousins are jealous because Grandma and Grandpa don't stay anyplace else. They don't stay in California <laughs> with Brother Russ. They don't stay in Utah with Brother Rob, uh, Rob, Robbie or you know Randy lived there. But I'll just tell you this: they. They envy my my kids because they treat them so well that they love to be there here with go. them. That's nice. Well, then again, Arizona's got the right kind of weather for seniors in the winter. You know that may have something to do with it all. I hope all of you are staying warm. I guess finally winter is expected to arrive on the East Coast. Um, right as my mom's touching down, it's supposed to finally get cold there. And I'll tell you where you don't want to be is the Midwest. They've been having floods. Yeah, well, I guess, yeah. Missouri's got floods. And tornadoes, snow, ice. Is that, is that what we were talking about on the climate issues? Yeah, right. uh, this is our number one priority, the climate. Maybe there may be a little something behind it when you figure out what's going on in Texas in the Midwest. Anyway, we got a great show lined up for you. In the next segment, we are going to pick up with another edition of Storytime with G. Edward Griffin. We're going... To, to read things from Alan Greenspan. 
going to go. We're going to talk about what Thomas Jefferson and have uh, one of our founding fathers weigh in on what money was. Was it gold and silver? Was it fiat money? What the pros and the cons of it were? And then we're also going to uh, dive into Andrew Jackson as well because you'll hear, and my uncle will say it all the time, there has not been a nation on earth that has ever paid off its debt. It's never happened. And I got an email uh, from one of our listeners and said, hey, Double, that's not true. And he said, Andrew Jackson actually did it once here in the United States. And he didn't use it with the money with his picture on it. Couldn't happen. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I... I don't think his picture was on the money yet. So, no, he didn't do it with that. And so I looked it up and because I did not think that that was true. But come to find out, for a brief moment in time, the United States did, in fact, have zero debt. It did not last very long. Matter of fact, by the time... Uh, Jackson left office. They were running deficits again. But for a brief moment in time in 1835, the United States actually was debt-free. How about that? Well, I love the fact that uh, you got called on it through an got email. Called out. And you went got and called your, out. And this is what we talk about. You do the research. You went out. Let me find out. You did some fact-finding there, and you verified what this uh, this individual, thank you for right. sending that email. Right, and, and, and I'll tell you right now, it is very funny how tr- history treats what happened. And I think this is all going to tie in uh, to Jekyll Island, uh, what Alan Greenspan had to say, what Thomas Jefferson had to say, and a lot of people uh, that, at least in my research, have said that Jackson was a Jefferson disciple. Of course, both of them hated debt especially government debt and and really any kind of debt, and viewed it as the scourge of the earth. And so we're going to talk about uh, the fiat money, you know, and what our founding fathers thought about it, what I would argue to say one of the most legendary Federal Reserve chairmen, talking about Alan Greenspan, I mean, at one point, we dubbed him the maestro. What he actually thought about fiat money before he ever became head of the Federal Reserve. And, of course, what he's saying now that he's no longer in the head of the Federal Reserve. Don't want to miss it. It's going to be a banger show today. Take care. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Patriot Radio News Hour. Give us a call anytime, 1 800 951 0592. Today, it's story time on Patriot Radio News Hour. We present The Creature from Jekyll Island by G. Edward Griffin. And now, your host, Joe Jaquins. Welcome back. Patriot Radio News Hour. It is Tuesday as we are winding down the last few days of 2015 and rejoining G. Edward Griffin 
talking about the different types of money. And the the biggest thing when you talked about gold and silver, you know, the, the things that were good about it was you could measure it, right? And so you had uh, a two-and-a-half-dollar gold piece or back in the 18th, a dollar gold piece, $5, $10, $20, and they all had the same weight and, and the, the specs of each coin were you knew what they were going to be. And then you also knew how much there was. Right? You knew how many ounces of gold there was and you knew how many ounces of gold the government had and and so you kind of knew what the circulation of it was. It was measurable. And the one thing that, that as I learned throughout reading this book is almost, and not every instance, but almost all of the instances of debt and paper money revolved around war, conflict, and the government's need to fund them. And obviously, because there's only X amount of gold, they couldn't pay for all the wars because they couldn't get enough gold out of the ground to do it. And so they would issue paper money briefly. And then usually it would end, and the government would pay off its debt. You know, we talked about, I got that email, Andrew Jackson, 1835. The United States had a zero balance. The debt after the War of 1812, and war being the common theme there, was, and it's almost laughable in today's terms, was an astonishing $132 million. We spend $132 million uh, before I can get out a sentence in this country. That's how fast we spend $132 million in America today. By the time Jackson became president, in uh, 1829, it was already down to just $48 million. And right up until we created this Federal Reserve, the United States, whether or not we had a central bank or not, because as I told you earlier in this book, Andrew Jackson actually defunded the, cent- the, the second central bank of the United States. And we didn't have a central bank in this country from the early 1830s all the way up until 1913. Now, I will point out, was there any Great Depression that they, we talk about and see the old papers and, and the big lines of people in the soup kitchen and the soup lines? We don't see that. No one refers to, well, the, the Great Depression of 1850-something, or 1840-something, or 1860-something, or 1880-something, or 1890-something. The, the only thing that comes to mind, well, now there's two. The Great Depression that 
started in 1929 with a stock market collapse, which is really, you know, when you see stock market collapse, you can write banker in there if you want to, because they're one in the same. Right? And then the financial crisis and the Great Recession that we allegedly just got done with. And so when we're sitting here and, and you look at history, we were very conscious of debt. And most of the founding fathers viewed debt the same way, which was a an evil. And over time, they were able to convince enough of them that this was a good thing. Gold is the enemy of the welfare state. This was the caption on page 148 of G. Edward Griffin's book. Gold is the enemy of the welfare state. Now think about where we sit today. 45 million people on food stamps. Half of the people, over half of the people with a job don't even make $30,000. Right? We, we are a nation now where almost half of the country receives at least one check or more from our government. In modern times, Rulers of nations have become more sophisticated in the methods by which they debase the currency. Instead of clipping coins, it's done through the banking system. Now remember, if you go back to to my uncle Eric and he talked about like the Roman times, and you look at even you, you take out some change out of your pocket today a quarter, a dime, whatever, you'll see on the on the edges, they have these little reeds. They got little reeded edges. And that all came because they used to clip the gold coins in ancient times, right? Making them a little smaller. Homer's pulling out some chains right now. They made them, you know, just shave a little bit off the edge. And eventually what would happen is, you know, you're out there, you're some street vendor, and something is two denarius, and the, and the guy hands you two denariuses, and one's bigger than the other one. And eventually people start start figuring it out. And so instead of clipping coins, because let's face it, if you had a coin, and let's just think about it today, let's just say, that you had a quarter. And let's just say that quarter was still made with silver in it. right? So it's a pre-1965 silver quarter. But it didn't have reeds on it. And let's just say you had a handful of them, and they were all different sizes. You would suspect something's up there, right? Hey, somebody's deliberately removing silver from these coins. And we'd be upset about it. Because right? there's value in right. that you're, you're cheating me. Right? I'm being cheated. And then as a business owner, you'd look at those smaller coins. I don't want that quarter. I want the bigger one. I'm not taking those little ones. 
right? And there would be uh, people, would probably be riots, right? So they had to come up with a better way of doing it. And now today we can thank the Federal Reserve, because that's essentially what they do. And I think that is the best definition of what they truly are. They are simply the coin clipper of the modern era. I mean, that's what they are. They're they're the barbers of our money. Uh, Just a little bit off the side here. The consequences of that process was summarized in 1966. You may have heard of this guy. His name was Alan Greenspan. Before he became the chairman of the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve, Greenspan wrote the following. The abandonment of the gold standard made it possible for the welfare status to use the banking system as a means to an unlimited expansion of credit. In other words, just keep printing money out of thin air. The law of supply and demand is not to be conned. And we talk about that here all the time. What do I call that? Economics 101. Supply and demand eventually. Supply and demand will always end up finding equilibrium. And that's what Alan Greenspan in 1966 was warning about. As the supply of money, of claims, in other words, debt, increases relative to the supply of tangible assets in the economy, prices must eventually rise. In other words, There's only a finite supply of tangible assets, things that are real, things that you can feel, things that you can touch. And this is what Greenspan said, hey, if you just keep printing money out of thin air, the supply of tangible assets, right, is limited. And therefore... You are deliberately going to make those tangible assets cost more. Right? Which is talking about the rise of pricing. Thus, the earnings saved by the productive members of society. And this is the important part. Especially today when we look at who's productive in this society and who isn't. The earnings saved by the productive members of society lose value in the terms of goods. In other words, what Alan Greenspan so plainly wrote about was, hey, you guys lose. It's the productive members that lose. The only winners are the welfare recipients. When the economy's books are finally balanced, and one of the great things that Alan Greenspan knew, right, is you can manipulate for a while, right, for long periods of time. 
But again, just like the laws of supply and demand, eventually the books will have to get balanced. We saw that in the financial crisis. What happened? I mean, really, when you think about it, these banks loaned out money that people couldn't repay. And when it came time to balance the books, <laughs> right, we had a little problem. One will find, when the books are finally balanced, that this loss in value represents the goods purchased by the government for welfare or other purposes. In the absence of the gold standard, there is no way to protect savings from confiscation through inflation. Look at what we have today. Hey, how much interest are you getting on that savings? Oh, that's right. You're not getting any. Well, did you see J.P. Morgan today? I don't know if you caught it. They are going to start paying some people some interest starting next year. It's just their uh, quote-unquote wealthy clients that are going to get a little bit of interest after the Fed raised rates. Us regular folk, yet yeah, no. We're going to finish with Alan Greenspan. And then we're going to go back a couple hundred years to see what Thomas Jefferson had to say on the matter. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back right after the break. Welcome back. Patriot Radio News Hour. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. Picking up uh, G. Edward Griffin, the creature from Jekyll Island, and talking about the creation of what is known as the Federal Reserve. In 1966, Alan Greenspan's writings talking about gold in the welfare state. In the absence of the gold standard, there is no way to protect savings from confiscation through inflation. There is no safe store of value. Think about today, right? There's no where safe to put your hard-earned savings. If there were, the government would have to make its holdings illegal as what was done in the case of gold. The financial policies of the welfare state requires that there be no way for owners of wealth to protect themselves. And when you really, when you think about this, this is why I said there's no place to hide. I mean, we can temporarily, right, skew the markets. And Alan Greenspan talked about that earlier in his writings. Hey, eventually, the law of supply and demand will not be conned talking about uh, a relative or limited supply of tangible assets against the unrelenting printing of money 
destroys the people that have wealth. This is a shabby secret of the welfare state and tirades against gold. Deficit spending is simply a scheme for the hidden confiscation of wealth. Gold stands in the way of this insidious process. It stands as a protector of property rights. I was talking about, you know, your money as your property. Of course, just so you know, if you want to uh, read about this, it was Gold and Economic Freedom, written by Alan Greenspan. And I just figured, you know, just very interesting. As he became head of the Federal Reserve, and you would make the argument that obviously Alan Greenspan must have what? I guess he changed his mind? Flip-flop? Flip, did a flip-flop? Script-flip? And then you think about he almost pulled it off. Because deep down in his heart, Alan Greenspan believed in what Thomas Jefferson believed in. He believed in what Andrew Jackson believed in. Because remember, during those brief few years of the Clinton era, where they said we were running budget surpluses, and we know that technically we were not. But as, as any good government entity, they don't want to count everything. And, and the fact of the matter is, Alan Greenspan thought he could fix it. And he came out and he gave the impassioned speech talking about how all of this was going to be okay. And remember what he had said. By 2010, this was in the late 90s, the United States would once again be debt-free. We're going to go back to the Andrew Jackson era, and we are going to pay off the national debt, which stood at right around $5 trillion at the time he made that statement. And he said, therefore, we don't have to worry about Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid because of all the interest that we'll save on the national debt will help us make up for the shortfalls in these programs. Now, of course, I remind all of you that today, that $5 trillion number is now $19 trillion. And if you listen to anything Alan Greenspan has said in the last five years, he's telling all of you, and he has said it ad infinitum, you better have some gold. You better have it, because guess what? The law of supply and demand will not be caught. And this is nothing more fiat money 
is nothing more than a welfare state designed to steal your wealth. The Federal Reserve, nothing more than the coin clipper of the modern era. Then we talk about Thomas Jefferson. And inflation is a hidden tax. Fiat money is the means by which governments obtain instant purchasing power without taxation. Right? Because who likes taxes? Right? Nobody likes taxes. Grinch? Right? <laughs> I'm not sure. Right? Nobody likes it. And, and you know, we, we don't like it. But you go back to Thomas Jefferson's time, Boy, they really didn't like them. Right? You think about, like, the Boston Tea Party and all of that stuff. I mean, well, isn't that one of the biggest reasons that uh, we came to America was to get under the tyranny and the power of the, the king? The, right? And it taxes. Escape the tyranny. But where does that purchasing power come from? Talking about the government spending. Since fiat money has nothing of tangible value to offset it, the government's fiat purchasing power can be obtained only by subtracting it from somewhere else. We know this. In order to give something to one person, we have to take it from another, do we not? Makes sense. Because where else are you going to get it? Where else are you going to get it from? It is, in fact, collected. It's just collected from all of us through the decline in our purchasing power. Simply put, deficit spending is nothing more than a tax. But it's only a tax on those of us that are productive. We've got Thomas Jefferson coming up next. Patriot Radio News Hour. G. Edward Griffin laying out exactly where it is and what it is that we're going through and, and referring to the welfare state. And it truly is amazing. Because we do have to remember, they would like you to believe that the world was chaos. Finance was chaos before the Federal Reserve. Matter of fact, they would like most people to believe that it's always been this way. And they've done a great job. But let's not forget what truly they are doing. Because it is a tax. One that is hidden from view, silent in operation and little understood by the taxpayer. But the welfare state that we currently call the United States of America is taxing us to death. They are clipping the coin. They're just doing it in a different manner, hiding it from you. Because let's face it, as the analogy I gave you before, let me ask you this. If you had a $20 bill and somebody just had torn a third of that bill off, 
and they owed you $20, right? They went into your store, and they bought $20 worth of product, and they handed you two-thirds of a $20 bill. Would you take it? No. No. Sure wouldn't. Say, nope, I need a, I need a whole one. So the government, they're wise to that. So they're like, we just won't show them. We'll just devalue it differently. A hundred in almost 180 years before Alan Greenspan wrote what he wrote, Thomas Jefferson, he wrote another explanation. And I'm going to read to you what the the caption of Thomas Jefferson. This was an observation on the articles prepared for uh, the encyclopedia, believe it or not. June 22nd, 1786. Everyone through whose hands a bill passed lost on that bill what is lost in the value during the time it was in his hand. This was a real tax on him. And in this way, the people of the United States actually contributed those millions of dollars during the war. Now we, now we can say what? Trillions of dollars during the war. And by a mode of taxation, the most oppressive of all, the most unequal of all. Thomas Jefferson, 1786. And you think about 180 years later and you, you read about what Alan Greenspan had said about the owners of wealth, that the welfare state requires that there be no way for the owners of wealth to protect themselves. And Thomas Jefferson calling it the most oppressive, the most unequal of all. And you start to think about what it is that's happening today. Right? You, you have this debate that rages, and we think about we just went through almost seven years of zero percent. You think about, just go back ten years ago. You used to get paid five, six, up to seven percent to help offset the taxation of the devaluation of your money. Today they give you nothing because they want you to perceive it to be worthless to store it. And this is exactly what Alan Greenspan and Thomas Jefferson warned you all about. Because eventually, guess what? <laughs> it always ends the same way. I know we did have Andrew Jackson, 
for a brief moment in time, had actually paid off the debt of the country. Unfortunately, Andrew Jackson, when he defunded the central bank of its day, he transferred all that money to the state's banks. And the state's banks went out and lo- <laughs> loaned it all like crazy, and they had a huge land boom. You know, kind of acquiescence of the housing boom. Was that like the Oklahoma land rush? <laughs> right. that what you're That's what I got in my head, right? You know? And, and uh, people on horse and carriage driving out to the plains and staking their claims and all that stuff. And then they had a, a collapse of that market when Andrew Jackson and the Congress decided that they had to cool that market off and forced anybody who wanted to buy land to pay those loans in gold and silver. Couldn't use fiat paper anymore. But just a little walk down memory lane to remind us all of how this game really does end. Patriot Radio News Hour final segment coming up. As we close out 2015, we've heard from Thomas Jefferson, his protege Andrew Jackson, all the way up to the maestro himself, Alan Greenspan. And I'm going to tell everybody and remind everybody, we're not out of this great recession as they would like you to believe remember the great depression was over in 1937 right up until it wasn't and i don't know if there's going to be a world war three to get us out of it but i somehow i have a feeling it would end differently anyway but you need to make sure that some of your wealth isn't in fiat money. It isn't in stocks. It isn't in bonds. It isn't in the bank account. Because, as Alan Greenspan so eloquently put it, the system is designed to take it all. Today, as we close out 2015, I'm going to really heat up fractional, the $10 Liberty Gold pieces. I'm dropping them way down today. Down to $620. These are the old ones, the 1866 to 1907s. $10 Liberty Gold pieces. Two $10 pieces cheaper than 20s on this special. Uh, and I want to say by t- like 20 bucks cheaper. So U.S. $10 gold pieces, they're $620, limit 20. So 20 is the most we'll sell to any one person. I want to have enough of them to go around. But get yourself some asset protection. Protect it against the devaluation, the secret 
taxation of your wealth. And then if people like Peter Schiff and, and others, if, if, if J.P. Morgan, Morgan Stanley, I mean, is correct, and we're going to have a 5% global recession in 2016, you're going to be glad you did. U.S. $10 gold pieces, $620 a piece. Cheaper, two tens, cheaper than a 20 at 800 951 as we try to end the year on a bang. You know, it's the end of 2015. It, it, uh, tomorrow we'll recap where we were at, where stocks were at, where gold was at, where silver was at, where we finished, what we can expect heading in. Uh, to 2016, we a will. year in review, year if you will. I'll just tell you this: I think everything that you've given us today, from uh, you know the creature from Jekyll Island, has been superb analysis, a big, clear picture of how things have been put together, and that you know it's a banking cartel out there now. You know, well, think about it. Here was a guy before he was in the cartel, told you what they were about. Then he joined the cartel, and I think deep down inside, he thought he could fix it pull the Thomas or the Andrew Jackson out. I thought he thought he could do it. And then once he realized he couldn't, he's immediately back to telling you what you all need to do. Heed his advice. Call the Patriot Trading Group, 800-951-0592. We'll be back tomorrow.